0: I write to keep from going mad from the contradictions I find among mankind, and to work some of those contradictions out for myself. Michel de Montagne.
1: You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing.
0: Welcome to Writing Race. I'm Lee Hole. And I'm Liesis. And I apologize for butchering that name. If you want to look it up, we will have the introductory quote as part of our landing page for this episode, which we always do. Yeah.
1: Neither of us speak French. And that is a very French name. We apologize.
0: Today, we are talking about contradictions in writing especially when I'm looking at new authors trying to be floral with their writing, they end up accidentally contradicting themselves in a way that confuses the sentence. This sometimes
1: lines up with what we talked about in our last episode when you have your descriptions and you're using competing metaphors, but there are a lot of other ways that you can contradict yourself in the same sentence. Now, of course like anything that we've talked about this month, like anything that we've really talked about ever, you can do this with purpose. Sometimes you can be creative with contradiction, but it has to be done with intention and purpose.
0: Otherwise, it usually confuses the readers. I don't remember where the quote came from. It was from a play. I had a theater teacher say it, and it was a great line, and it just sort of stuck in me. And the line was, your love could freeze beer. This, at first glance, is a self-contradictory type sentence because love is supposed to be something that's warm and inviting. And then the freezing beer part is definitely not. So it can feel contradictory, but it's done well in that it's reframing what the love is from this particular character. This is that
1: good creative contradiction that actually does a better job of telling us how the characters feel, how they view each other, without spending a lot
0: of time trying to explain it. So what are some things to keep an eye out for to notice if you're self-contradicting?
1: One of the things for me in particular is the mood of a sentence, the mood of a scene, the mood of a story. You want the mood to stay consistent, which means your adjectives, your adverbs, all of your descriptions need to lean into that mood. So if a scene had a color palette that was very cold colors, your whites and grays, and then suddenly you throw in hot pink, that's kind of what you're doing when you're throwing in a description that doesn't match the mood. If that's your intent and your purpose, that's fine. But if you are trying to create something cohesive, try to avoid those descriptors that oppose each other.
0: Yeah. Our whole goal for this episode is not that you never use contradictory, but you recognize when you're using them and you use them with intention.
1: Also keep in mind that every descriptor that you use should enhance the other descriptors in the same structure.
0: And generally, the easy way for me to identify these self-contradictory is take a look at the prepositions, the words that show relationship to each other. So things like as or before and after to these kind of words, the thing before and the thing after. If you look at thing and thing, narrow it down to just this concept and that concept and how they relate. Make sure those two make sense with each other. So we're going to hop right into the examples that we have today.
1: He turned his head toward the sound, muscles straining to relax enough for the movement, but he forced it anyway. No, you can't have muscles strain to relax. Either they are straining
0: or relaxing. I don't remember what I pulled this from, but this is one of those sentences that can do with a lot of cleaning, but he forced it anyway, is superfluous because we already said muscles strained. So enforcing it is saying the same thing.
1: Well, and the sentence started with he turned his head so we know it happened. So we don't need to say he forced it anyway. We know it
0: turned and it hurt. But the biggest part of this sentence that makes it self-contradictory is the straining to relax, muscle straining to relax, because there are two different directions that the thing is trying to do. And again, there's that preposition, straining to relax. Those on either side of that preposition are the things that are arguing with each other. She hurried to freeze, hoping the dinosaur wouldn't see her. It should be. She
1: froze, hoping the dinosaur wouldn't see her. I don't know how you hurry to stop. Uh mm, yeah.
0: If it was a she hurried to stop, I can kind of see she's skidding to a stop and doing it as fast as she can, like she was in the middle of a movement at that point. But hurrying to freeze does not work for me.
1: Confusion flooded her for only a moment before she realized who it was. I feel like this is mine. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember. I feel like I've written this sentence
0: before. (laughs) And it's not good. This one, I feel like we get, but it could be better. So this is one that if I had already berated the author I was editing enough, I would probably leave alone. It's not that big a deal. But since we're taking everything apart on this episode today, make it two sentences. Confusion flooded her for a moment. Oh, she realized who it was. Having those happen as two separate beats and taking out that before makes the whole thing flow a little bit smoother instead of trying to connect them in one sentence. Each of her soothing utterances battered me more grievously than the last.
1: I feel like this is one of those that they were going for an intentional contradiction where it's supposed to be soothing, but because of the state that the main character is in, it was actually very not soothing. Maybe it's better with the context around it, but I still, like, I struggle with this one. I can see probably what they were going for if it was done with the intention set up correctly.
0: In my book, Black and White, I can see Mother doing these soft cooing, you're a terrible person kind of things, where it's supposed to sound on the surface soothing, but it's much darker in the actual content. So I can see Black saying something like this. I didn't write this sentence, but I'm going to go with this one was intentional. And depending on context, I would leave it as it is
1: sea and sky were a single ash-gray thing, and the sands of the beach, which on March nights glimmered like powdered light, had become a stew of mud and rotten shellfish. Hmm. Eh, I don't like it. I don't mind this one. Again, I feel like this is one that should be broken up into two sentences, maybe three, but I see what they're trying to do I would make a couple of minor modifications, like the sands of the beach, which usually on March nights glimmered like powdered light, had instead become a stew of mud and rotten shellfish. It does a good job of conveying that it should be nice and pretty, but it's really gross right now.
0: Yeah, if I were to break it up into two sentences, I would take the on March nights it glimmered like powdered light. But first of all, I don't know why March is an important thing here. So in childhood, it glimmered like powdered light, but now it was this ash gray thing that had become a stew of mud and rotten shellfish. So not contradictory, it passes our test for today, but we don't like it. The reason why it passes our test for today because it's comparing the past with the current. They're talking about two different times instead of saying it's both at the same time. And I think the imagery, the mood
1: that they're going for with the current timeline, with the sea and sky being a single ash gray thing, really worked for this story. It was meant to injure her like he was spilling a secret, and in a way he was. It was just something nobody talked about, but everybody knew. I don't know how injuring and spilling a secret, like, that to me feels like a contradictory connection. I don't like that one.
0: The one character who is normally friendly toward point of view her says something to embarrass her and to needle her something that's specific to only her. And in a way he was is completely useless. We can take that out. (laughs) Yeah. You
1: can convey that idea with something that meshes together and probably not use as many words.
0: Yeah. Or make it a little more intimate. This is a telling instead of showing kind of moment where she stops herself from responding back with her talking about his most embarrassing moment of his life or whatever. So instead of anything that's written here... Have her stop herself from snapping back with committing the same injury to him that he committed to her.
1: Yeah, I think the way to rephrase this, if you want to have that same imagery of an injury, then you do the words were meant to injure her like a knife to the throat. Like something where you're not actually doing any harm, but it is something dangerous, something holding her hostage in a way with words.
0: Yep. There's a definite better way to phrase that. This one is contradictory in that it's misaligned more than it's directly opposed, but still not a great sentence. No. (laughs) It's okay.
1: We're together going to be throwing ourselves under the bus a lot this month with our own writing.
0: At the end of this week, actually. (laughs) Yeah. So if you want blackmail, stay tuned for our bonus episode because we are going over some of our earliest writings. Oh, it is gold. Dripping with gold. <laughs> <laughs> Liquid gold.
1: <laughs> uh, you will understand that when we read some of my earliest writing, which, oh,
0: it pains me. We are all looking forward to. So stay tuned for that. You're two thirds of the way through, NaNo. You've got this. When you're writing, keep the contradictions intentional and always... Write selfishly.
1: If you have a question or comment for our hosts, or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing dot com,
0: or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing.